Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium something will come along. When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong. That thing, that thing, Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress, let me come inside your mind. I promise you it won't take long, the change will happen soon, you will feel something so special growing deep within you, that thing. Hi, welcome to episode, whatever, six of That Thing with James J. Asher II. That's me! Today is another super special episode, because I have another guest, my second guest ever on this show. His name is Max Gilliland. Max! Hello, James. Hi, Max. Nice to see you again, sir. Good. Nice to see you, too. That's the first time I've ever heard you sing, and it's really beautiful, actually. I was very surprised. Thanks, man. I mean, I didn't <laughs> expect you to be bad, but I didn't expect you to be that good. Oh. Yes. That was very good. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, how's your day going? Oh, swell. It's uh, not very nice out, but no. good day. Can you describe what it's like outside? Sort of drizzly and overcast and chilly, and uh, my friend Ivan would love it. But Ivan, yeah, he likes to post on Facebook about how beautiful days are when, when it's like this outside. Is he Russian? Um, he's Puerto Rican. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but he loves Seattle. <laughs> There's like like Puerto Rican dudes and Dominican dudes. They have like some of them have Russian names like like uh, Dimitri or something. Yeah, I wonder what's up with that. Torres Torres is his last name. Torres Torres. Now that's not Russian. Yeah. But we'll edit all that out. Sorry, I haven't. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no <just> so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> you wouldn't care. I don't, you haven't seen the show yet, have you? No. Okay, so no worries. All this is is just a hangout. Let's see, what time are we at? I'll try to keep it an hour. Max has to work. He works at a really tasty restaurant. Yeah, we serve sushi. You want to tell Sake. him where, where you work? Uh, I work at a sushi restaurant called Soto in Austin, where this show takes place. It's yeah. South Lamar. And it's really damn delicious. And expensive. <laughs> and really expensive. But if, like, money's not a thing, yeah, if, like, go right, there. Yeah. Or if it is a thing and it's just a special occasion, it's a good place. Absolutely. Like anniversary, birthday. Yeah. I think that was the first restaurant that I've ever been at where you just, it's like the bite. Mm-hmm. It's all about the bite. It's like a tasting menu. Yeah. Right. Because I always see that on, like, food like travel food shows and they're always talking about it's the bite you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah um no it's it's definitely worth checking out for sure yeah and most people love sushi so it's like you know it's easy to recommend on that front and you guys just got like a new what's his name like a master sushi you know what's kind of ironic about this is that he is kind of new his name is misao but he's leaving he's going to work at a restaurant in houston so yeah actually gave him a uh, gift of uh, some moribashi What's as that? a going-away gift. They're these um, plating chopsticks. It's like long plating chopsticks. Ah, okay. Yeah, so. to, 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 like, serve yeah. people? Uh, no, you, like, you use them to, like, plate things. Like oh. sushi with, like, little like, delicate oh, flowers and, and like whatever. He's using them in the yeah, kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're like a tool. Okay. Because yeah. um, he had, like, a custom bamboo pair that was lost by, I don't oh. know, somehow in the and you got him some new ones. Yeah, exactly. As a kind of going away gift. Were they bamboo? What no, were they like? um, I couldn't find any nice... They were like... His were like custom made. So the ones I got him were probably much inferior. But I got them on Amazon. Because... You got them. Prime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... But yeah, but I mean... They're not cheap. They're... Yeah. They're... Well, that's really like nice. Yeah. Well, 
it, he, he's a great chef and a super nice guy. So, and then also in Japanese culture, like there's a whole gift giving culture there. So right. it's kind of not unusual to give gifts. And I read that it's actually lucky to give gifts in pairs. And this was after I got the chopsticks. Really? So I was like, oh, hey, they're a pair. <laughs> <laughs> so is Japan one of the places where it's like you pour someone else's drink for them? Like if you see their beers getting empty, like yeah. you pour it for um, them? If you're like the host, yeah. Or like um, another thing is like if if you're like the man coming home from work. This is a kind of antiquated thing in Japan even. But they are like very... Yeah, but yeah. it's becoming less and less. And the young people in Japan are have care less and less about the old traditions and cultures right. and there's very less and less young Fucking people in general millennials are um, killing japanese tradition well and all there's a lot of old people in japan and they're all getting very old and dying right um but they're not having as many children so like um there, that's like a big problem there's a huge huge problem yeah um there's a lot of like all the like um farm side country like villages and stuff are all wilting away because nobody lives there anymore right the people that do live there are all very old and they have no one to take care of them it's actually kind of sad that's a that's like a pretty seems like a pretty broad uh it seems like a standard problem across a lot of kind of like first world um sort of countries like like here there's people are having fewer kids i think like yeah. no, like no, i don't I personally right. know anyone I don't know that many people who are going to work on a farm or who, di- who are dying. Oh, no, no. It's, I mean, that's definitely, the, that's not the lifestyle that anyone wants to live in a modern digital era. Like, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. But that's unfortunate because it's actually obviously really needed. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we need we farms. And, yeah. Um, actually, the number one, uh, like, industry for robotics in Japan is to, no, nursing. Nursing? They take care of all the old people. Because there's not uh, enough young people. Because nursing is another career that it's not a it's, it's a you know, very admirable career that actually pays same, pretty well. Same problem here in the but states. Yeah, there's not enough people. Yes. Well, yeah. All the young people there they want to work at a corporate, high-paying city right. job. You know, like and those are part of the problem of why they're not having enough kids as well, is because they're putting a lot of at least from my understanding, like they're putting so much time into their careers absolutely, that they're uh, just sort of, they don't have personal yeah. lives. Well, and they don't have enough money. They don't have, they don't have, they have live in a small apartment. Like, yeah. I mean, imagine if you lived in a tiny type apartment in downtown Tokyo, and thing you'd want you is a kid I, in there, a baby. <laughs> big people. Yeah. By those standards. Yeah. Oh, for you sure. Know, architecturally. Yeah. And well, and, and we're much more accustomed to having open space, especially in a place like Texas where, yeah, Everyone has a yard, and all the streets are wide enough for two cars in each lane. A dually truck. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, that's never been used. The, the That has an immaculate dude flatbed that's been spray-coated, and this is always, no scratch. I always talk shit. Beautiful, isn't it? I always, <laughs> dude, I, I always talk shit about those big fucking trucks around. It's like... There's never been a speck of mud on that thing. Has like you don't use that for work. Yeah, you got no, this for never vanity purposes. Yeah, it's just well, yeah, it's just it's an ego thing. Yeah, it's like uh, squid billies. My truck boat truck. <laughs> the truck, truck pulling a truck. truck with the boat, dude. I or a uh, truck with a boat pulling a truck. Yeah, that's what it is, dude. I I need to fucking watch that show again. It's yeah. been a minute. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. Truck boat truck. <laughs> well, yeah. So this is basically what the show's about. Just the uh, just the I mean, totally you really hand. reached the bottom of the barrel with your guest list. So what? No, I'm just kidding. I'm, oh. just, I'm joking. I'm joking. You're you're fucking top uh, tier yeah. for me, man. Uh, that's exactly what uh, Tasha, the you know your uh, refreshments uh, coordinator, and uh, Danny, your technical manager, said as well. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Your whole uh, team is great. All the whole entourage. Wait till you meet Helga, <laughs> crafty man. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> She makes a mean brisket. Yeah, no, I saw your team of of masseurs as well. Masseurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, they're actually yeah. called massage therapists. Yeah, exactly. No, masseur implies <laughs> um, some some less uh, than you right. know, yeah, classy things yeah, exactly. are going on. That's and that's exactly what's not happening, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, for sure. I'm just happy that to be of help and to be. Your program. <laughs> I wanted to have you, you know. No, I mean, yeah, I'll be a guest again if you'd like. It can be a recurring thing. Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, look forward to the, that. Like, uh, 
the dude who you ever watch um oh what the fuck pb herman's playhouse of course the yeah. mail the mailman who was a um oh shit i just remembered isn't it, it like, was um morpheus Oh, yeah, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah, it sure was. This might have still been when he was going by Larry Fishburne. Because he was going yeah, he's by... Al- he's always been Larry to me, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he was in... You've seen, I mean, you've seen Apocalypse Now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. Remember, Is he in Apocalypse Now? Dude, he was like 13 years old. He was Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean! Mr. Clean! They killed Mr. Clean! Huh. He was I don't the, remember that at he all. He was the young, skinny kid with acne all on his face... And uh, he was, like, from the Bronx mm-hmm. in the movie and in real life. I'm pretty sure it was Bronx. Might have been Brooklyn. One of the B boroughs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he was, like, 13 years old or something. And he played the character Mr. Clean. He was on the PT boat. Okay. Um, yeah, and he was just, like, Okay, this... I vaguely remember that, yeah. Oh, so when he dies, like, after, like, one of the spears goes through their heart. When they're, like, really going into the heart of darkness. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, there's fog and everything and they just like come out of the clearing in the fog and they think everything's peaceful. And then just out of nowhere, out of the fucking bushes, out from every side of the river, just spears keep flying at them, which is a direct scene ripped from, uh, well adapted from a heart of darkness, right, which yeah. is what the movie's based on. No, yeah. It's uh, an incredible book. It is incredible writer. Um, so, okay, so, yeah, when that happens, they think they get out alive. Um, they just, like, start shooting at the uh, the shoreline and everything, and just all these spears are coming in. But they all they all get missed. But it turns out, actually, most of them are just, like, little toy uh, arrows. Just little toy bamboo shoots sort of things. And they were freaking out at first because, like, oh, shit, it was nothing. Right, it's like a psychological thing. Right, except... There was one actual spear that flew up, and it pierced through Mister Clean's heart, mm-hmm. and he's laying there dead, bleeding out on the front of the on the front of the boat, and he's and it's like this really fucking heart wrenching, poignant part where he got they just got mail from the states, mm-hmm. and Mister Clean got a, a letter and a like a recording from his mom, who was talking to him about. You know, we miss having you here, and your family misses you, I miss you, and just kind of catching them up with what's happening in the family back home. And they just find him, and he's just fucking dead. And that recording of his mom is still playing with him, with her telling him about back home. Really heavy part. Yeah. But direction. that was Larry Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> Morpheus. Uh, yeah, of course, we, all, we know now that that was just a simulation in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Vietnam War. The Vietnam now he's having, conflict yeah. wasn't real. Yeah. Right? The cave rave scene was real, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I tried to forget about that <laughs> scene. That actually, that was the moment when I almost couldn't watch that movie anymore. I was like, really? This is how we're going to reinforce that humanity is different from the robots is with a giant cave rave where everybody's half naked? Like, I understand what you're trying to do, but it's a little heavy-handed, guys. <laughs> um, but those movies in retrospect are all are very heavy-handed in a lot of the, ways. Um, and it works for the first one because it was super, super original and right. fun and different. But this, it, the, in, in retrospect, the and it's third, very aged not well. <laughs> I yeah. was very disappointed with the second and third ones. I mean, there were some moments, but I agree with you overall. The writing is just kind of like, what is going You know, yeah. now this is just lazy and bad and weird. And, did yeah. you know the Wachowski brothers are now the Wachowski sisters? I did not know they, that. They have been for a few years now. They've, are they like they've, twins? Um, I, I don't know. Let me look it up. But they, they did. They went through a transition, both of them, recently. One of them went through a transition first, like... Before um, that, that Sensate show on Netflix. Have you seen that? No, I don't, I don't. I don't subscribe to Netflix though. Yeah, um, it's it's. I do subscribe to Waterloo Sparkling Strawberry Water. Though, <laughs> <laughs> are we are? Oh, Name, let's take a quick commercial break. Uh, from our le- legendary taste of Waterloo Sparkling Strawberry Water, yeah, which know, comes in many flavors. My understanding. You know, um, I Waterloo has a much more pronounced and longer-lasting flavor yeah. and fizz than other competing yeah. Uh, yeah. flavored bubbling yeah. waters. That's source from Austin. <laughs> source from Austin. I think, anyway. Well, Waterloo is the... Uh, 
is the name of Austin before it was called Austin. That's called right. Waterloo. I think it's a lot cooler name than Austin. Yeah. And the people at Waterloo knew that too. So that's why they <laughs> named their drink Waterloo. Zero calories. Mm. Great refreshing taste. Great refreshing taste. <laughs> legendary, excuse me, legendary taste. Legendary. That's the official slogan. Zero calories. <laughs> legendary taste. Make it last. All right. Waterloo. <laughs> Somebody from Waterloo is watching this out there. Like, get that boy money. <laughs> Please. Or just free Waterloo. You know, yeah, or free case water. of Waterloo. Both would be preferable. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Waterloo wrapped in money. Chouse. <laughs> Wachowski Trans. That's a that's a good search. Oh, hey, we have some sort of nifty like Star Trek type gadget here. Oh, yeah. Allows you to just access information at a whim. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Lana Wachowski and Lily Wachowski. Okay. We're on Wikipedia right now. Wait, what were they? they, What were their names when they were men? Their first names. I think it was like Larry and Lenny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Lana, Lana, Larry. Yeah. Lily, Larry. Oh, wait, Lawrence. Lawrence and... L- oh, oh. Another Lawrence. Lawrence and Andrew mm. Paul. I see. So if your name is Lawrence, you, you, you can just have an in in Hollywood, apparently. They're from Chicago. <laughs> no, and one is two years older than the other. Okay. Okay, let's see if I uh, can get to So the... wait, was that like... Uh, I don't know. Is that like a... Is there a publicity thing involved in that? Or is that just like some interesting sort of parallel uh, like brotherly like oh we're both identify as women let's just do this together their transition i'm trying to find some information your frequent collaborators jesus christ this yeah. is a long article why <laughs> I, oh i know why don't i just collapse these fucking oh because i can't um frequent collaborators yada 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 well, it's also not bad you ever see the animatrix uh, yeah, I did, um, and, you know, there's, like, two or three of the, like, I think it's nine segments that it's broken up into. Right. It's a while ago that I saw that, but I, I think I saw it in theaters, um, because it came out for some part of some, um, film festival. Not film festival, but, like, animation yeah. festival thing. Not festival. I don't know how to describe it. Austin has all sorts of, you know, screenings of stuff like that. Um, yeah. It might have been at the old Dobby Theater. Did you ever go to the Dobby? I never went to the Dobby. It was cool. All the different theaters had Is different... that up on the drag? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And like, and it was like there was this mall, and it's all changed now. But like at the bottom, there was like literally this small mall with like a little arcade and a food cart and everything. And then Dude. on like several floors higher up, there was these theaters, and I think there was like four or five theaters, and they were small, but each one had like a different um, theme. So I like remember huh. the Egyptian one particularly. Because I think I saw a couple of different things in there. The first movie I ever saw in Austin was at that was at, at, at the Adobe. Yeah, um, what was it? Oh, I can't remember. But anyway, I've seen some really cool stuff. I've seen the Forbidden Zone there. Um, Forbidden Zone. Yeah, what's you've that? never seen the Forbidden Zone? No, it's Forbidden oh man, Zone. you should check out the Forbidden Zone sometime. So this is super wacky movie from the I want to say the eighties. Um, all the music is by this very strange artist. Oh, man, I can't remember. Um, people out there have seen it will know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it's it was in black. It's like in black and white. And it's about this family that goes through this tunnel like that is like an digestive tract and gets shot out into this forbidden zone. Huh. And like it's just it's like a musical and it's so weird and wacky and so strange. When like around what time was this? Like 80s. Yeah. It's got to have been made 80s. in the 80s. Yeah. Um, check that out. God, I'll, maybe it'll come to me the name of the people who did the music because um, they're famous. Well, I, I've got this magical device that can summon information. Um, the Forbidden uh, Zone. The, yeah, the movie, I guess. Forbidden Zone. Oh, wait, that's song. Zone. Oh, don't sing the Forbidden Zone song. <laughs> Consequences are, are, no. are dire, my lord. <laughs> we, we shall not play the Forbidden <laughs> Song. <laughs> Let's see here. 1980. Yeah, yeah. Boingo, Boingo. Oingo, Boingo does all the music. Fuck yeah. And, and, dude, it's such a fucking mind trip of a movie. And so I've seen it in black and white, and then I saw the colorized version at the Alamo. Yeah. um, Years later. This is Um, different pictures here. Yeah. um, And so I think I'm the only person I know of that has seen that movie only in theaters, and I've seen it in both black and white and the colorized version in theaters. Damn, son. Yeah. Look at you! My claim to fame, <laughs> um, but it's a, you would love this movie. You should just you, you would you. Would I love Boingo Boingo. Yeah, well, 
That, yeah, it's so weird. It's it's very hard to explain. Okay, so here we are. There's a character called uh, that's the princess of the Forbidden Zone, uh-huh. and she's topless the whole time, and she's a, a fox. And that's oh, that's uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's it. a, a huge part of the of the thrill of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Wachowskis, Wachowskis, um, Lana's gender transition. Okay. Rumors that Lana Wachowski was transitioning spread in the early 2000s, though neither sister spoke directly on the subject at the time. In 2003, Gothamist.com reported the possible transition. In a 2017 interview, Joel Silver, the producer of numerous Wachowski films, said that the rumors concerning the transition were all untrue, saying, quote, they just don't do interviews, so people make things up. End quote. Huh. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, 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 blah. This is a lot longer than I... Okay, so like there's, there's some, some, some hearsay, though, too, and stuff, so... But there's pictures. Right. I've All seen right. pictures. Like, I, when I saw Sensei, yeah. I didn't know that they'd gone through a transition, and I was watching, like, the making of. Because it was a Netflix uh, series. Okay. And the, they just ah, put the I second see. season out. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet. But there was, like, behind-the-scenes, like, making of stuff. And I was like, the Wachowskis. Like, I I dig the Wachowskis all right. Um, Especially in the first Matrix movie. And then, like, I was like, wait, where are the Wachowskis? Which one, like, who's this woman with these long fucking, like, the the rave dreads, like, the uh, the cyberpunk dreads? Oh, just like, know? just like the twins in, uh, the Ma- in, the, in the second Matrix movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, did he also have the ability to phase through matter? As a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. They were in San Francisco, well, so it was really So easy. what is, um, the, the show Sensei? Sensei. I mean, also so, about sensing things. I guess. Uh, it's, it's it's like a <laughs> sci-fi show about these eight people, mm-hmm. um, who who are called sensate is the word for them. But uh, and there's eight of them, and they sense things. So basically, um, one all tastes these, super all these, well. All these people, <laughs> all these eight seemingly unrelated people from different mothers, different lives, different parts around the world. They start having these like psychic abilities with each other at random points, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it has to do with like DMT. I think like every almost every one of them is triggered by fucking DMT, or at least a couple of them are triggered by DMT, um, and they just get these like kind of psychic powers, and they learn about some kind of like big big bad baddies who know about these legendary fabled sensate beings and they're going to try to put a stop to them and like you know some okay. evil corporation's going to control the world so it's like it sounds like a mix of stranger things and something else sort of yeah yeah, yeah. there's like a lot of fucking like there is a very uh, gratuitous orgy scene in the middle of the first <laughs> season hey, I mean it's the fucking Wachowskis yeah. if they're going to find an excuse to put in <laughs> gratuitous fucking sex uh, or gratuitous orgy you know pansexual orgy they'll fucking throw it in there they could they Bak- throw in Bacnali and orgy you got it dude they throw in some fucking they throw in some fucking peanut butter and hungry dogs <laughs> if they could get away with it <laughs> alright um, well, I don't know why this makes me ask, but are you uh, reading anything right now? Yeah, I'm reading, um, always interested. Oh, it's over there. Reading. It's, let me grab, oh, okay. let me grab it. It's, it's a book. It's a, you're reading a book. Yes. Yeah, that is, that is an interesting start. This, uh, a, a brief or a short history of nearly everything by Bill Bryson. Oh, okay. That sounds short. So it's about science. Uh, are you familiar with Bill Bryson? No. Uh, so he's, he's a f- really fun author, and he understands word stuff, but not science stuff. Fun smile. He oh, he's a yeah. fun guy. He is, he's from America, but he lives in England ah. with his wife and children. Although I'm, at this point, I'm sure because this is a bit of an older, early a 2000s. royalist, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the first book of his I read was called. It's not listed here, but neither here nor there. And it's about, um, like, hmm. in the 70s, when he was in his early 20s, he went backpacking through Europe. 
And then now, in his 50s, he was like, I'm going to go back and see how things have changed. So he followed his track, the same path that he took, although this time staying in hotels. Um, but he followed the path that he took in the 70s That's and cool. just kind of recounted how things have changed and recounted his his life and personality back then. Yeah. Just a very reflective, but it's re- he's just really fun. Like, he'll crack a joke anywhere if he can. Um, the thing he's known for, which I have not read, is A Walk in the Woods. Okay. Which is actually, it was adapted into film by Robert Redford, and starring Robert Redford, and, and then someone else, I forget who. Paul Newman, maybe? I feel uh, like Paul Newman might be a little bit older than Robert Redford. Yeah, he is, he is yeah. I'm pretty sure. Not a lot, but yeah. Yeah. Is he still alive? Oh, Paul Newman? Yeah. He is, yeah. He's like fucking almost 100, yeah, dude. Old, yeah. And Newman's own. My mom uh, used to uh, sell paintings to Robert Redford. She was a regular client of his. Did he have a place out in... Uh, in New Mexico, yeah. New Mexico. Mexico. Or around there. He, yeah, he must have had a house. You want to tell the audience where you're from? Oh, I'm from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Tell us about the most beautiful place in the world. Tell us about it. Give us what's what makes um, it beautiful in Santa Fe. Well, that part of New Mexico is what's called a, like a high desert, so it's very arid. Right. But the like Denver, uh, yeah, but the altitude is very high. Denver, they call the Mile High City, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, a mile is like what? 18? Five thousand? Is it five? Anyway, five. anyway, it's it's a good amount, but Santa Fe is seven thousand feet. Oh and, wow! Yeah, oh, and, and then if you go up the mountain, it's like about ten. I want to say at the top of the mountains there. Um, and the mountains there are the, the Sangre de Cristo mountains. The Sangre de Cristo mountains are like the very southern edge of the Rocky Mountains. Are they red? Yes, they're they're called that because when the conquistadors first came to New Mexico, they noticed that when the sun was setting, those mountains would turn pink, um, like, the like the blood, blood of Christ. Christ. Yeah. And so the mountains in Albuquerque, which are very close and technically still part of the Sangre de Cristo, are called the, the Sandias, mm-hmm. which means watermelon. So you can imagine why, like, the water... Because of pink? Yeah, because of, like, this bright red, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In all the seeds. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, eat them, you'll grow watermelon in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that whole part of northern Mexico is just very beautiful because it's got a very unique climate. And then New Mexico, the state flag is uh, the Zia symbol, which is basically the, a sun on a... It's like a red sun type Indian symbol mm-hmm. with... Uh, 16 little rays um, on a field of Spanish gold, um, which makes sense because it's uh, yeah. you know, Spanish heritage at this point because, again, the Spanish took over the whole state yeah. a couple times and uh, mission, made missions and, you know, killed a lot of Indians and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the one of the reasons that that's the flag, the sun, is because there's 300 days of sunshine in New Mexico. So, like, the skies are often very clear, and, you know, it's very open. Um, yeah. Very is it really, like, consistently 300 days mm-hmm. of sunshine? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> there's very little uh, precipitation. Um, and also, like, in, in New Mexico, you have a, day, a lot of days where there's these big, beautiful clouds everywhere, but it's not going to rain. You know what I mean? They're just big, beautiful clouds everywhere. Yeah. What's the state bird? Do you know? I believe it's the Roadrunner. The Road? BB? I, I believe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm, yeah, pretty sure that's correct. I think Texas the state bird, I'm not sure. Texas has more state things than New Mexico. The grackle? <laughs> no, likely it is not the boat, boat-tailed grackle. Yeah. But, you know, boat-tailed grackles are beautiful in their own right, if you ask me. They're just a little obnoxious. Beautiful um, in an obnoxious, <laughs> ugly way. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the males, you know, they do have that beautiful long boat tail. Yeah. And they're kind of, they're, they're iridescent. They've you got, know, yeah, you know, it's kind of like, like yeah. oil, yeah, kind exactly. of a purple-blue. beautiful up close. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm a big lover of birds, though. Uh, so I'll find beauty in almost any bird, or even insects and spiders and things like that. Even the ugly ones have something at least interesting, fascinating, you know? Yeah. That is maybe not beautiful in an aesthetic sense, but it's... What about snakes? Oh, snakes are incredibly beautiful creatures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you scared? I mean, are you afraid of snakes at all? Um, I'm not of the ones that aren't deadly or, like, poisonous, yeah. no. I mean... A little constrictor or just like a garden snake or no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I've handled snakes before as a kid and stuff, and they're you know the, they're harmless, clearly harmless creatures. It would seem like yeah, yeah. 
And not, even if you get bitten by a small one, like, it's worse it could do. It's, like, break your skin a little bit. It's, like, who cares? I'm not scared of being um, penetrated like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, maybe with, like, a dirk to the heart through a breastplate or something, but not by what just about a, a little... little snake dirk? <laughs> <laughs> Some sort of living snake blade, dude. That would that would, that would be an action hero's D-D's name. D&D Dirk item. Snake, <laughs> like Dirk S- Pit Snake Blade, <laughs> Snake Blade. Uh, it's fucking razors made out of <laughs> snake teeth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really scared of any animal. I wouldn't say. Or, like, anything in nature. You, you don't have I mean? any kind of phobias? No, like, I, I like I don't like the idea of being, like, at extreme heights, like, untethered, right. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that, I don't like that at all. Yeah. No, like, at a certain height, like, I definitely get pretty... No- I Now, I once did help my dad paint a um, water tower um, oh, for yeah. this movie. Um, there's this terrible, terrible movie. Um, what is it called? The Longest Yard or some shit like that. Dude, yeah. About the Adam like Sandler this, movie, the yeah, remake? Yeah, the remake, exactly. So that they shot that in, in um, just outside of Santa Fe at um, the Old State Penitentiary, I believe. Yeah. Or yeah, something yeah. like that. Anyway, and I went out there to they help did, my, yeah. yeah, and so they had to paint the uh, water tower that was out there with the Allenville or whatever the name of the place. I want to say that's what it was called because, like I said, yes. and my da- they hired my dad, who's a sign painter, to paint it. Uh huh. For like too much money, like my dad charged them too much money, of course. I mean, it's fuck, he's got like, the yeah. budget. It's Adam Sandler. Um, he's got the budget. But um, I had to go up there and help him, and it was very high. And that was yeah. like the one time I can remember being like, okay, any higher than this, like, and I don't know because it's it's like it's scary. Wait, did you guys just have to? Pay paint like the fake town name on there yeah but like in very big letters right all across it yeah right yeah that's all yeah um i didn't really do much except for like you know help my dad stay secure and hand him stuff i didn't really paint much because he's an actual painter but but still it was kind of have you ever experienced have you ever had experienced vertigo um kind of i guess yeah sure where things just start spinning but i've I feel like that was more from, uh, like, a lack of energy or something like that. Not necessarily from, like, being... Right. Um, you know, not from... I haven't experienced it from, like, from being too high or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or too high up, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've yeah. experienced both. <laughs> um, I've had some interesting... I mean, a lot of people have had some interesting sort of feelings like that with, um, on um, salvia. Yeah. I smoke salvia. So... Salvia can have like, a lot of people talk, talk about like feeling like pulled like to the ground or like in a certain oh, yeah. direction, like or even losing motor control in some way. Salvia, um, the times I've done it, I fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I spilled my water, James. That's all right. Oh, uh, a little bit anyway. Oh, it's such a waste of the water loop. Oh, sorry, James. No worries, man. Um, was the salvia that I smoked earlier before I came over? Should have taken that big old pit. Tastes like cotton candy. Uh, yeah, dude. Like uh, uh, the it, last time I did it, yeah, I was like, the last time I did it was the last fucking time I was ever gonna do it because I felt like, like I was on fire, like my nerve endings were like flames, and I just kind of felt like G-force, like, like I was getting pulled back into the side a little bit, like. Like, my soul is trying to get ripped out of my body. Right. Um, it's not a fun experience. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I it seems like everyone I've ever talked to about it has very different, um, not, maybe not experiences, but, like, vibe of, of enjoyment. You know what I mean? Like, most people seem to either like it or hate it. So the first time I did it, the first time I did it, I, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But every subsequent time, I did not. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I haven't done it in a long time, and I don't really have any interest to um, but you know, if nothing else, it only lasts for a couple minutes. So there's that. So, but like speaking of vertigo specifically, not just like the weird or like the right, the like being forced, yeah, the like being pulled in some weird way. Yeah. So the first time I ever experienced anything like it was uh, with psilocybin. My first time I ever tried it, mm-hmm. and uh, like I was sitting in a friend's dorm room. I was a freshman in college, and like nothing was happening. I was like, this is. I just wasted some money, I guess. And I'm just like sitting in the room, just like kind of chatting with some friends in the dorm. And I kind of like shift like I'm about to get up. Right. And I ended up falling 
back down on my ass. Like I, I didn't get very far up. <laughs> I was sitting on the floor, but like my my plane of vision, it kind of cut in half horizontally. I got it. Like imagine you're looking at a film screen, and the top half flies off to the right side and the other half flies off to the left side. Oh, that's crazy. It's fucking yeah, I've like never I've never like that, yeah. never huh, you've experienced No, I never have. Yeah. The, that was the first and only time that's ever happened where it's just like my field of vision like the world literally split like whoo and I went hoosh. Oh, I think I didn't waste my money. <laughs> and then the next time that I I like legit experienced vertigo was uh in Devil's Den, Arkansas. Okay. I was camping out, hiking around there, uh, and I was going up these cliffs and stuff, and I was going up this one path, and I didn't realize, like, that I was going toward a cliff. I was just walking through these paths and stuff between the trees. Really, really gorgeous. It's like, it's the Ozarks. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I'm just going through just this, like, winding road, kind of at a slight incline, but it doesn't feel too extreme, on this, like, path made of shale. Right. Between these sort of like evergreen trees. And I'm walking and walking and walking. And then there's a bit of a clearing. And I'm like, oh, finally, is this thing almost done? Mm-hmm. And I walk up and I, I come out to the clearing. And I'm right at the edge of a cliff. Way overlooking miles and miles and miles across the horizon. It's just these beautiful, smooth curves of green trees as mm-hmm. far as the eye can see. Those are hills and mountains. Uh I don't know if they're mount, uh, really short mountains or really right, high right. hills. Somebody just called them mountains because right. it's like, as big. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, it's the highest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a uh, mountain. That. Well, well, I got out on this thing because like, I didn't expect it. I walk out and boom, I'm on the edge of this cliff and this vast hilly you know, expanse. And all of a sudden, everything tilted like 45 degrees and I like fell on my ass. That is the only time that ever huh. happened. Interesting. The world literally, like we're sitting here right now. Right. Just imagine everything just kind of going, right. whoop. Like the the tilted room commercials or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the spinning room, I should say. You know what I mean? Where they like put a room on like an axis so that they can turn it around to make it look like somebody's crawling on the ceiling or something. Right. Something. Like, right, right. It's a trick they've been doing um, since the 20s. Since yeah, the yeah, film. for sure, yeah. Um, Arkansas is supposed to be very similar to Japan in, like, as far as it's... Really? Yeah. It's like the sort of... The, the geography. Yeah, the geography and, like, the big trees and stuff like that. Wow. Kind of mixture of those different types of trees. It's called the natural state. Hmm. And their their thing is a diamond. <laughs> yeah, on the on the license oh. plate, their Arkansas license plate in the center. Are there diamond, diamond mines there? I probably. It's oh, interesting. Yeah. But there's like, I I don't know if it's the most, but it feels like it has the most dry counties out of any state in the union. I'm sure there's other. I'm sure Utah's yeah, got yeah. probably more, mm-hmm. but there's like a shit ton of dry counties. Like it's hard. Uh, to like you, you, you drive across the border because I used to live in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. whose state bird is the scissor tail. Uh, beautiful, beautiful bird. Oh yeah, like, incredible bird. Oh yeah, I've only seen them a couple of times uh, driving through Texas, uh, but yeah. So the thing with with Arkansas is like because in Oklahoma until like last year, um, any beer you could get outside of a liquor store could only be three point two percent mm. so it was water so i used to think i could drink like a motherfucker you know i'd be like right. slamming beers and stuff yeah. and i got to texas and i'm like what like is times. going on <laughs> yeah. i gotta get like through a couple beers and i feel like i've had a six pack right. in oklahoma yeah no i remember like there's, there's like some heady ipas that they make around here like stash ipa 512 ipa yeah. You have a couple of those, man. You'll be good. <laughs> you don't need three. <laughs> IPAs are like heavy. Oh, uh, yeah. Like seven, eight percent. Usually. Nines. They yeah. get up to nine. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's some beers that I feel like are 13 we percent. We're spoiled for beer in Austin. In Austin, yeah. yeah. It's, the choices are insane. There's like too many skunky beers for my... I don't like this really skunky beers. Well, I like I, like a good like lager. I feel you, one. I know you don't love going there, but you know, ABGB... 
their their beer is incredible. Yeah, they've gotten really great beer, and none and none of it's skunky. So there's that. And they do have a really fucking good. Their muffaletta uh, yeah. blew my mind. I was like, why would this place have a good muffaletta? <laughs> muffaletta, whatever, however it's pronounced. Have you been in New Orleans? No, I have not. But I'm sure I would love it. It's a seven-hour drive my from here. My good friend that lives there. I haven't seen him in a long time, so I would like to. I would like to see him, if nothing else. Hell yeah. I think you'd like it there. Lots of history, lots of culture. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I just uh, recently read Confederacy, Confederacy of Dunces. What'd uh, you think? Oh, it's great. It was a very, very fun book. Very interesting. Different. Um, it's kind of cartoony. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I liked it. I could. I have to say, I was. I didn't. Love it in the end. I feel like in the end I was yeah. a little bit kind of like cop uh, out, sort of. Not maybe not a cop out. Like I felt like that was a appropriate ending. Mm-hmm. And I won't spoil it for anybody by saying what happens or anything like that. But I just I don't know. I thought there, I thought more was going to come of of the stories and the characters. I kind of actually liked the way that they tied it together mm-hmm. um, with like the uh, levy pants and all that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, those characters. Um, and I and I was satisfied with that, but something about the main characters, uh, it kind of went flat. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, or are you? I guess I feel like what the author was inferring was that the whole cycle was just going to be basically start over, but in New York or something, right? Which is interesting, but I don't know. Somehow I felt I don't know. Um, it's a very good book. I'm just now remembering the ending. He goes off, right? Yeah, you know, like yeah. he leaves yeah, to he go leaves, meet. He, yeah, yeah, right. He leaves. Well, he escapes basically. He, he escapes, escapes, right? Um, with, uh, the, uh, Minks, um, yeah, the, 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 uh, Minkoff, communist, Minkoff, yeah, <laughs> Mar- Marcia Minkoff or whatever her name is, so, yeah, yeah. uh, but I mean, I, I love that character though, and he has a great voice and that was, it was fun to read, but, um, you know, I read so much that like, I'm very particular about the things right. that, I mean, when I, if I was younger, I probably would have said, oh, I love this book. Yeah. You know, but yeah. having read it, so much other stuff, I'm like, yeah, I liked it a lot, but it's not yeah. as good as this stuff. Right. Um, and, yeah. So the writer's name is uh, John Kennedy Toole, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was like a, seemed like some sort of teacher or something. Yeah, he, he taught, I think he was like an adjunct professor. Or like history or something like that. I think that. he was an adjunct English professor. Yeah. And a lot of that book was like based off his real life. Mm-hmm. Like he only lived with his mom. Right. Um, shit love life. It, he killed himself. Like, before that book got published. Did you know that? I didn't. I mean, I, I he knew was, that he died. I didn't know he killed himself. I think though. he was 31 years old or something. 31. Wow, yeah, that's dude. sad. 31. And he was upset that he couldn't get the book published. Right. Um, and he killed himself. I think he shot himself. Dang. Yeah. Sad. And then his mom took the manuscript and got it published, like, shortly afterwards. Have you ever read Yerzy Kaczynski? We were talking about Yerzy Kaczynski. No. Uh, Jerzy Kaczynski is this Polish guy, and the thing about Jerzy is that his life is, like, under, like, there's a lot of mysterious circumstances about his life, and there's a lot of, like, controversy about him and about, like, what actually happened in his life and stuff like that. Um, But from my understanding, basically, he was in Poland um, at, like, when the... Soviets started taking over something. Right. Um, he he like forged documents and correspondence between like members of state and like uh, uh, university officials and stuff. Mm-hmm. And himself like in order to get himself a a visa to leave to visit right. America to study. Right. And like. It, it, I don't know. He's just an insane person. Like he's to, a writer. To, yeah, he's a writer, and he wrote novels and and short stories and, and some uh, essays and stuff. Um, but he just had a super fascinating life and was a super weird guy and a photographer as well. Um, but he's his most famous work is this book called Painted Bird, and it's You've, a it's a yeah. brutal brutal book about this gypsy kid who's forlorn oh. during the Holocaust. And, and all abandoned. sorts of like horrible thing after yes, horrible yeah, thing yeah, happens. Yeah, right? exactly. And and some of it is based off of Kaczynski's own life. Some of it right. is just stuff he made up. 
Yeah. And not really much is known about what actually happened during his life and, and right. when he was a kid and stuff, um, or like his family. So, uh, and, and also like he was accused of plagiarism later on in life, which I believe is completely untrue. And I've like read about it and I'm pretty sure it's untrue, but you know what I mean? Like there's just a lot about him that's kind of mysterious and seedy. And now he's actually, and also like his, he was notoriously like sexual, like fiend in a way you know what i mean some like deviant yeah like definitely was doing some pretty stuff like all the time right. um and you can if you read his books it's like okay yeah probably that's pretty clear right. but his books are fascinating and he's a very fascinating author and very intelligent um and his essays are great too what's his name again? yerzy kaczynski yerzy kaczynski yeah and he's a, probably one of those authors that you would either love or you would be revolted by you know what i mean right um, right which is understandable but um I don't know. He also killed himself. I guess that's why I'm bringing him up. Because uh, he killed himself, but he did it the way that is, like, the prescribed, like, way of a bunch of barbiturates, bunch of barbiturates, vodka, milk, laying down in the bathtub with that with a hand in the bag over his head. With a warm bath, right, to get the blood flow. Yeah, and then you put a bag over your head, but you don't tie it around, you just keep it loosely so that you slowly asphyxiate and and pass out and and die. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was also one of those things where really nobody's sure why he did that. Because at this point in his life, he was successful. He, like, Warren Beatty was a really good friend of his. They used to play polo. Warren Beatty? Yeah, they used to play polo together and stuff. Yeah. Dude, yeah <laughs> That's know, fucking right? dude. He's a weird guy. Oh. But he, if you read about his life, it seems fascinating. I'm going to sure. see if I can find a picture of him. Oh, he looks kind of like you. If you were, like, even more Polish and crazy looking. Huh. Um, but And, like, he's also, like... People say, like, when he would go out to eat, he would ask for, like, a radish and, like, some lettuce but and, like, a, or, like, a raw onion because that's what he was used to eating. Like, as a, you know what I mean? Because, like, coming from, like, his background, I was, like, a poor Polish person, like, during during the Holocaust, like, that's what he would want to eat. Like, he, he and he was just, so he was just skin and bones, obviously. Huh. Um, Yuri Kaczynski. Yuri Kaczynski. Uh... Why the fuck is it coming up with... <laughs> oh, no, not Yuri. Yerzy. So oh. it's not like a jersey. J-E-R-Z-Y. J-E-R-Z-Y. Z-Y. And then Kaczynski is like... K- K-O-S-I. Or are you sure it's not... Kuzuska? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Let's see here. Because that's pretty <laughs> Polish. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, no. Okay. It's Kaczynski. K- it's K-O. K-O... Kosinski. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Polish is crazy. Yeah, there he is. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, he's got a big hook nose though too. Yeah, dude, and these you know dark, dark eyes. Yeah, um, dude, those eyes look fucking. <laughs> those are the eyes of a murderer. <laughs> those are the eyes of a murderer. <laughs> I don't think he ever killed anyone, but I wouldn't put him past it. He did have it. Like I said, not much known about some parts of his life. So, and so then he's in his just books, wrapped in a mystery. Yeah, but his books are great. His books are great. Huh. I wouldn't necessarily recommend The Painted Bird. Just The Painted Bird. Because it is so brutal and just shocking and and unforgiving. And super sexual in like some really very (laughs) brutal ways. Oral pleasure. Kosinski as storytelling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Um, He's got his one essay about bullfighting, which I always thought was super fascinating. He talks about the matador. Yeah. Being the personification of feminine energy, right? Because you have got this elegantly dressed gown teasing. creature teasing with these bright colors and dancing, right? Right. With this red. What is this red represent? It represents this menstrual Lost blood and, and menstrual. life and vitality. Right. And then you have the bull. And what's the bull? The bull has one thought. To penetrate. penetrate. To pierce and penetrate. And the whole time, the feminine energy is dodging and, and playing with the bull. Oh. And, and also, but at the same time, you know what the matador does during that time. They oh, pierce stabs. Yeah, they pierce fucking these, like, yeah. lances through its heart. They're aiming through its heart. Not but they don't try they to fucking torture yeah, the they bull don't try to Yeah, they don't get tired the first time. They get it, like, the tenth time. Right. But they get it. And then, yeah. And the, yeah, so it's, he kind of talks about that being a dynamic between, like, male and, and female energy, which is pretty, I'm not necessarily true or correct by any means, but it's just an interesting sort of take. So, my parents saw a bullfight. Oh, um, God. I can't so, like, oh. shortly after they got they married. Should, they they saw that. a bullfight, and they saw the matador get eviscerated. Straight up oh, gutted. God. 
dude. Well, yeah. I mean, that was the last bullfight they ever yeah. went to. That's the last bullfight that mattered to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure they killed the bull oh, afterwards. Of course. God, that's so brutal. They should not Yeah, no, it's I definitely mean, fucked it's, up. It's so that's such a outdated sort of you know barbaric sort of thing to do. I yeah. mean, uh, we do terrible things in America. Absolutely. And we mistreat animals in ways too, but, but at least we don't do anything quite like that. Yeah. Or at least it's not legal. You know, I know people fight dogs and shit, but they get put in jail in theory, you know? Yeah. Um, and just the way we, we kill our food, like yeah. raise and kill our food mm-hmm. or rather process. Yeah. Is that how they refer to it? Processing yeah. instead of no, butchering. I, yeah. I agree. Just, uh, you know, change the fucking term, yeah. find any way possible to separate yourself from the fucking well, I mean, grittiness yeah. of I, like, I mean, life of reality. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I try and eat sustainably. I'm not vegetarian, yeah. and yeah. I tried it, and I, it was hard for me. And I, but I'm much more vegetarian than I once was. Mm-hmm. I'm like incrementally more vegetarian, and like I said, I try and eat sustainably. Um, and some animals, you know, honestly, like you know, some fish and stuff. Like I'm not too worried about the morality. Right. Et- the ethics of eating a fish right unless it's endangered or unless it has a part in the ecosystem that is very vital and you know yada yada on and on now that being said i work at a sushi restaurant so you know i'm part of the problem as it were in a sense because you know we i can't say for sure i don't know that all the fish we get is completely sustainable like how could i know that i'm not an oceanologist i don't know all that stuff um but i know that it's probably not you know um in in that in, and, the, in this book, I was actually just reading about, like, sustainability with, with fish and mm-hmm. just ecosystems, and he was talking about, I think it was some type of cod or something that was um, very abundant at one time. Um, so a lot of people were getting cod um, to put in, like, fish sticks or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But after a while, mm-hmm. because the cod took so long to, like, mate and reproduce, their, their life cycles were so long. Yeah, they got caught up. They got caught up and they became endangered. So now they've had to like go to other fish. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I mean it, it's, it's a huge problem. Um, orange ruffy. You ever heard of orange yes. ruffy? Orange yeah. ruffy was a very very popular fish in like yeah. the seventies, eighties. Oh, My yeah. dad used to get it all the time. It was like one of his favorites. Yeah. The thing about the orange ruffy is it takes them like they don't know how long exactly, but like at least a hundred years for them to reach maturity this fish and it's wow. not a, it's not a huge fish i mean right. i feel like they get pretty big but, but it's they, really tasty yes. so but but again like if it takes a hundred years that's then, not sustainable. yeah then, then after one generation they, they you can't sustain that anymore because it's going right. to take a hundred years before you can so that's why you can't find orange ruffy anymore right like and there's a, um if you talk to i'm sure like guys who've been making sushi in japan for a long time they'll tell you like, oh, yeah. I can't get this fish anymore. I haven't seen this fish in years. This, you know, there's got to be countless other kinds of fish that they oh, yeah. probably got that they just don't, not for lack of effort. I'm sure they fish for them. Yeah. They're just not there. Right. <laughs> you know, right. they're gone. Um, that reminds me though, there's, there are, I have seen these really, really cool um, fish farms that are like buoyed. I don't know if that's the correct term. Not maybe not buoyed, but they're basically like it's imagine a giant metal ball cage, right? Yeah, like yeah. fifty meters across or more, maybe even. Um, and it's got, you know, cross beams large enough for a small fish to mm. fit through, but not for a large fish to fit through. Right. And so what they do is they just put this thing in the ocean, in in they put it in a in a strategic spot, like a place where there's um. Uh, a migration path or something, uh, not, or, or a uh, current. Yeah, current exactly, because yeah. the current will bring nutrients, right? And oh, oxygen, right. and oxygen. And so and, then and, they will. Yeah, and so and then they'll just seed it with a bunch of little fish that they grew in a laboratory. What a specific kind of fish, like a fish huh. that's desirable, right? A bunch of like thousands of baby ones, right? Right. And they'll just put them in there, and you think, okay, well, the babies are just going to leave. No, because that ball is a, is a natural protective. That's what they search for anyway. It's something like right. that, some sort of reef, something stable that can give them shade and protection and again bigger fish can't fit through it right so they're so protected they're, from yeah, predators uh, but and they stay there while they grow because they're being brought nutrients by the current the whole time eating plankton and smaller fish and all that right yeah that they just they just keep happening eventually they grow too big so they can't get out even if they wanted to right and then you just pull the thing out and harvest it 
Huh. And that, and you've not you've you, because you've introduced the fish as babies, you've not fucked with the ecosystem in any way. Right. You've just grown you just used the ocean like a farm. You yeah, know you're I mean? working sort of um, symbiotically. Yeah, like, when I saw it, I was like, we should just do that. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, what the There's like so many fucking <laughs> things in the world where it's like, why don't we just yeah. do that? And I mean <laughs> they, they wouldn't work for every kind of fish because certain yeah. fish like um pelagic fish, I guess, like have like you're saying migration, they have to swim. But I mean, who cares? You know, I'm okay with not having that certain kind of awesome bluefin tuna, I guess. Yeah. If it means that I can still have fish in general and people will still get fed. Yeah. Like, and we can let maybe the tuna and all that stuff come back and until we can approach it from a, you know, uh, ecologically and economically sound point of view again. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, that's why, like, uh. I mean, there's a lot of big, big problems, and obviously global warming is one of them, but I, I hate that humanity can solve these problems, because it seems like, with just a little bit of effort and science, yeah. it's like, you can make a huge difference. Um, I don't know if, I need to check this out again, but I did see something about how um, the uh, ozone layer is, is healing. Really? Above the ice caps, yeah. Hmm. But I need to read about it further, but when I read that, I was like, that's true, that's awesome. Yeah, like, I hope that's because, happening. But I mean, it would make sense because countries all over the world have started making less CO2 emissions. Right. And I mean, it's just true. Like, there's more sustainable energy all over the world than there once was. And yeah. that's got to account for something, you know what I mean? Obviously, there's more people too, but um, again, like, a lot of that energy is quite efficient. You right. know what I mean? You can generate a lot of energy right. without a ton of income and like, if you've driven through Texas, you've seen all the wind. Like I'm sure you've seen the wind. I've farms seen in Texas. windmills. Yeah, I mean, there's thousands of them, and uh, yeah. the amount of power that each one of those can generate is a lot. You know, so yeah. I mean, it seems to me like it's a solution. I I hope we get like totally sustainable very soon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it would be so much cheaper. Mm-hmm. The bills, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I'd love to have a Tesla, like, one if I could afford it, (laughs) but another thing is, like, my reservation with, like, a Tesla, I mean, there's no way I could afford it right now, but if I could, my reservation would be, like, I would be limited limited to Austin, because I know there's charging stations here, but... There's no fucking tar- charging stations in the country. Right. And that's one of the dilemmas with electric cars right now is it's a catch-22. There, one of the arguments is like, there's not, a, there's not many electric cars because there's not many charging stations. Right. But there's also not many charging <laughs> stations because there's not many electric cars. Yeah. Catch-22. Yeah. Somebody has to... Uh, Invest in one or the other. Yeah. Right. Yeah, somebody just has to build those charging stations or... I feel like that would have to be a government yeah. thing because you can't fucking force... Uh, you can't force a corporation yeah. to sell... I mean, you know, Japan has offered to give us all of their knowledge about high-speed transit. Like, all of the technology they've developed, all the design, all the engineering know-how, they will basically just give us that information. That all we off. have to do is agree to contract them to make the trains. And that- you know what I mean? Fucking pisses like, me yeah, off that we don't yeah, take them up on that offer. I know, right? It's like, it, yeah, it would take a lot of I money. I having to drive. It's like, yeah. Well, and also, like, in a country as big as ours, with as much square mileage... It would make so it just much make, sense. It just makes sense. Like, it just makes sense. Like, and it's even safer than air travel, which is very safe. Air travel's very safe. But, like, imagine if you could take a train instead. Like, wouldn't There's you feel even safer? so many fucking <laughs> people that set the rules and perpetuate the rules in this country and all around the world, so many of those people who create and perpetuate the rules are fucking con artists. Right. Scammers. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I think... The, we're just yeah, flat-out morons. The, the inherent problem, if you ask me, is that in this country, it's ideal... Like, there's this ideal of capitalism. And the ideal being that as long as you're within the boundaries of the law... Right. Which, because of this, we have so many fucking laws of of so much litigation of all kinds because right. of this exact thing Bending where where you can do whatever you like to make money within right. the means of the law. And but what does the law mean? Uh, yeah. Well, but also the, when you do that, you also make it so that people can make a lot of money, and then money becomes the most important thing because all of a sudden some all some people have a lot of money and they can start using how, it to you know help things. However. It does not really address the issue of greed. No. What if someone doesn't want to share <laughs> what they fucking got? Right. 
Yeah, even if it's not money or even, even if it's land or, even if or it's anything. Material. So anything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, it's Fuck true. everybody else. Yeah. I got mine. No, you can't. Fuck up yeah. all of you. Well, that's a problem yeah. that it doesn't address. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther King said, Dr. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, quote, you cannot legislate morality, but you can regulate behavior. Mm-hmm. End quote. Yeah, that's true. You can make laws that change. You can make what regulations to do. Yeah, you can make regulations that keep people from fucking over yeah. a lot of other people. Yeah, I agree. One, well, like, also, I mean, like, you know, the tax rates in America for people that were, you know, in the top five percent were used to be like nine. They yeah, at their like, highest, they were ninety-eight like, percent marginal which, tax. Right? Yeah, it's like. I mean, from a Republican president yeah. turned it up to 90%. Right. And what is it now? It's like... Like zero. Yeah, it's like... It's little, <laughs> like shit. Yeah. Like, and if there is a percentage, then there's yeah. so many fucking loopholes yeah. or I mean, different that, and, alternatives yeah. that they don't have to do yeah. shit. Yeah, and that just, just, and, that and there's just no sense. there's no pursuit after money stored on tax havens. Right, of course. No, and that just doesn't make sense within, you know, within the uh, logic of the system that, yeah. you know, if you have that much, you have to give it back in. Because that's that's why the government's here. <laughs> you're 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 part of this experiment, whether you like it or yeah, not. Exactly. If you don't like it, yeah. you're welcome to go somewhere else. Well, but clearly, otherwise, yeah, clearly you don't, because that's why they keep their money somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And I hate that I said that because it sounds like, well, if you don't like America, <laughs> why don't you just leave? Yeah, right. But really, though, if you are going to participate, yeah, in this collective democracy, democracy. Yeah. Yeah. Then you should fucking. Right. We all help right. each other out. Yeah, is the, the well, basis just, yeah. of yeah. of of prosperity. Yeah. Well, and like at and at some point, you know, if you ask me, you have if if you want anything to get done, you have to establish some sort of government. Yeah, it's just not going to get done. There has to be some committee or whatever in charge of of building those roads and all that stuff right. that that people need to function in a society. Yeah, and like you're saying, like it's a society. It's not about like that's what I'm. That's I think that really is part of the inherent problem. It's just that it's not about society in America. It's about you as an individual. Right. It's about what you can get for yourself and your family. And it's also about the idea that um, certain people may not understand, or they exploit those who yeah. don't understand that you can live for the group and still be an individual and still thrive and oh, yeah. prosper and become wealthy. Uh, well, and maybe even more so. It's not a black yeah. and white thing. Yeah. No, you know? you're no, you're absolutely right. You know, it's kind of it makes me think of there's kind of two different ways to approach business. There's like and and I think I've talked about this before. You know, the fucking discount tire. Uh discount tire company that that the huge national wide tire company that just replaces tires and stuff. Okay. They have a policy that if you go in there with like a flat tire, they just fix it. Right. Like, because they don't want you driving, like, they, they know that's not safe and they want to help you, you know what I mean? Like, they just always will just fix, if you've got a nail in your tire, They'll they fix. just take it out, fix it, and they don't charge you. Like, right. they have this policy about just helping people and about being good to their customers and about getting them back. Right. And that's what happens, and it's like, if you look at it from that other way, it's like, you can either be a selfish asshole all the time about everything and everyone dislike you basically or you could give back and show people that you care about them and all of a sudden you're going to get more than you ever wanted back from everyone else because people are actually really giving and awesome by you know, like by <laughs> helping people yeah. by by putting your energy toward the customer and the product yeah. and the quality of the right. relationship by focusing on that that yields better uh, yeah better better money. profits or better just equity like within your own social dynamic whatever it is yeah right. just being better to people and being nicer to them will just be better for you no matter like i'm a, yeah, i'm convinced of that so that's why like when when there's like business practices that are very much like not in that frame of mind that are very much like let's very see, short-sighted yeah, or like let's just see how much we can nickel dime the customer and like right. get away with it you know like banks are obviously yes. notorious for this it's like yeah it's like that just makes people resent you. 
Ex- that just makes people not want to use you. That makes people want to search out the credit union instead of, you know what I mean? I'm with the credit union. Yeah, I know. And like, this yeah. is why to me, it's like, if I was in those corporate meetings, I'd be like, guys, like how many customers do you want to disenfranchise before we just don't have any customers or, or before again, like how many people do you want to disenfranchise before they riot? Yeah. Because you're not paying into the system. You're just making everyone else work for it. Like again, coming at it from this point of view of the super wealthy not paying taxes you know like it's like it's the same sort of thing it's like why wouldn't you just give especially when it's so easy to i don't understand that if you're that wealthy what do you fuck what do you want another maserati for what do they turn into small it becomes power i think is the thing power corrupts yeah it becomes power because it's the hobbit yeah yeah you start hoarding your treasures yeah exactly well, and uh, but also just the knowledge that you have them and other people don't gives you power over them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right. Because you're able to say, "Oh, I can buy this, or I can buy you out, or or I can I can I can pay this person to do this, and well, you can't." I think that's know, a that question kind of that necessitates some type of um, psychological analysis. All right. But yeah, I mean, well, like on a on a societal scale <laughs> I mean it could be on a societal scale right. it could be on an individual scale what drives yeah. an individual to we need, we need, we need some of those uh, sunglasses from They Live yeah dude just let people start seeing things as they really are it's called LSD okay. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> well let's see how long have we been doing this what time um, is it I would guess about an hour if I had to so dude hour on the dot yeah. my uh, mitochondrial DNA's internal Clock functions are working. Do you do you have anything you wanna you know uh, tell them? Any um, upcoming events I wanna plug or something? <laughs> yeah, man. You got your new uh, movie coming out. No, not book. really. Um, like I said, maybe I'll be back. Hell yeah! And we'll discuss something. No, talk about Novikov. How about that? that sounds good. <laughs> you can bring some. Yeah, we okay, can read cool. some. Yeah, exactly. All right. I need we'll it. talk about. Uh, I'll talk about Novikov's poetry. Which okay. Is interesting subject. I still want to read that. Um, the one, you know, uh, the crazy one. Pale Fire? Yeah. I yeah, want to read no, that still. Yeah, that's the book. Um, yeah. If oh, you, yeah. Like, you like The Land Across, so you like Pale Fire. Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay, and then you guys, um, if you have questions, I want to answer them. If you need some advice, I am not a licensed professional, but I will give you answers, whether they're serious or not. I don't know until I say it. I don't know until it comes out of my mouth. So you can send your your questions or comments or uh, please don't send any nude pictures or anything. I don't. I'm taken. Not anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Plenty. Yeah. Uh, the screensaver the... has been running this whole time. Yeah, of just your of, of accumulated fan photos. So it's thanks, guys. I don't. <laughs> I don't need your fucking yeah. yowie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't need your brony yeah. pictures. Okay. At least like at least trim your pubic hair next time. God. Yeah. Bible black. <laughs> <laughs> um, tentacle porn. Okay. That's uh, that's all right. <laughs> Uh, send your questions or Shibari Shibari is the uh, rope bondage oh dude that's big Japanese rope bondage yeah Uh, send your shit (laughs) to (laughs) send your Shibari photos to (laughs) to (laughs) that thing with James at gmail.com that is that thing with James at gmail.com and uh, you can find me on social media mostly on Twitter and Instagram my handle is at James J Asher and you can visit my website, jamesjasher.com. And uh, I love you guys very much. And I love you, Max. Oh, thanks for thank thanks you. for being my guest. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to have you back. For sure. Next time. Bye. Okay. Last time, James. Thanks for doing